0: Thank you for tuning in to the Radio Moment Woman podcast. I feel so blessed and honored to have you listening today. Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. To my regular listeners, I love you. To my not-so-regular listeners, I love you too. Let's make it a habit, shall we? <laughs> if you're listening in for the first time, welcome. I do hope you love it here. My name is Sekinat Alao, your host on this podcast, aimed at encouraging you to live purposefully and intentionally. I am also the founder at Misaba, a community encouraging you to reach for the best of this life and the hereafter. Through our events, this podcast and courses coming soon, inshallah. To keep abreast of our work, please follow us at Misaba on Instagram. You can also subscribe to our newsletter where I share thoughts and ideas that I hope will illuminate your mind. Links to both will be highlighted in the show notes, so please feel free to follow and subscribe. Alright, so on this podcast episode, I have the super amazing Amadara Adediran with me and we are talking about the sweetness and discomforts of growing as a Muslim. Amadara Adediran is a communications consultant and creative writer. In the past 10 years, she has led communications for organizations in the public and private sectors, specifically in food, technology and the health sector. She is passionate about development in Africa and has increased access to social interventions for over 5,000 individuals and small businesses working for the Lagos State Employment Trust Fund. Amadara is the founder of Ibada Plug, a social enterprise set up to promote lifelong learning in more women. Ladies, my conversation with Amadara, whom I fondly call Omadi, are always such a blessing to me and I hope that you are able to experience the same as you go along today. I have to warn you, though, that this is by far the longest podcast episode yet, but I promise you, there are lots of gems to take away. Get comfortable, because this conversation is about to be lit. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa Wa alaikum
1: salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.
0: Thank you, thank you, thank you for joining. And Alhamdulillah that this is finally happening. As in, in fact, wahala, wahala, podcast for (laughs) (laughs)
1: Honestly, honestly, you all that record podcasts, Mashallah. You're joining us
0: soon. You're joining us soon. I know. I don't even know. I'm
1: looking to everything. I'm looking forward to everything but the editing
0: don't worry, don't worry, that one you can outsource it but may Allah make it easy, don't worry, just I mean, so tax yeah. <laughs> alright, I mean. um, thank you Jazakumala Karim for joining ah, well, my exactly. listeners my big sis is in the house my Egon, you know, that's uh, you know? Right? that's a for big sis in English, right, she's in the house and you know, someone that I have learned so much from, I can't actually remember how we met, I can't remember but it's probably maybe, you know, Instagram when you started Brandy boot sketches I can't really remember, yes. but I that I've attended I attended like your webinars and um I was just so grateful that you know there was like a marketing person that was like faith conscious as well. So it was good to then after that we had that um the one-on-one session and I remember vividly yes. Yes. my partnership with um <clears throat> Sis Half of Slim Fit You for my exercise tunic. That was good.
1: Ah, mashallah, that's yes. true. I almost did not remember that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so ah,
0: like, I was trying to remember that. Alive. You know, and that was one very, like, wow. a partnership. So, alhamdulillah,
2: Mashallah. Yeah. Why, yeah, well, yeah Jesus. Ah, well, that's right. really good to know.
0: Yep, yep, yep. So you add that as um what they call it, um is it wins that be things that you have done, add it. Yeah, so bragging (laughs) rights, bragging (laughs) rights. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so today we are talking about um the sweetness and discomforts of growing as a Muslim, right? And um I know that we've had you know quite a lot of conversations. We do have some things that we think are like on and of course we'll define some things, right? But um I just wanted us to share some bits of our conversation that we have offline, you know, online and you like yeah. I said you're someone that you know I have l- learned a lot from. And um you know, I just thought it would be nice to share with the community as well um some of your journey, right? Um in becoming yes. or not becoming in your know, journey as a Muslim basically, right? Um, so yeah, so let's get started, right? Ready?
1: Okay, ready. Let's oh, start, ready. Right.
0: Bismillah. All right. So um, sis, I want you to describe um, your journey um, to Islam, you know, was it, would you describe it as like a big bang um, occurrence or was it something that you just slowly eased into? So for me, I would say it was something that I slowly eased into, but some people, you know, there might have been one particular occasion that just didn't like, you know what? I need to take my faith seriously. So what was it for you?
1: Okay, so... um it's it's alhamdulillah i have to give a lot of credit um of of course you know i do believe that and we all do believe that you know allah chooses us and for that we must be very grateful no. alhamdulillah Laila, me. but after i think about that you know i have to think of of i have to give a lot of credit to to both my mother may allah bless her and grant her janitor and expand And also my stepfather, may Allah bless him and grant him all gender for adults. Having, you know, growing up with those type of parents had had a very positive impact on my life and on my journey in Islam. Mm -hmm. but you know before I get into that because I know you know we have a discussion around you know growing up and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so I will start off with like the defining moments that you've asked Mm -hmm. and two things come to mind for me you know apart from you know basically just how you know I grew up and all those experiences which I can't wait to share later Suhan and I I'm so excited to share (laughs) those but if (laughs) if I think about like two or three occasions that quickly come to mind. The first one will be, I can never forget, this was in, I think it was in 2017 or 16, um, where my dad had asked me to go to um, a, it was actually an event put together by Micah. And he actually sent me there because it was like one of those single matchmaking type things. And he just sent me there and he was like, you had better, you know, you have to make efforts to to meet someone, to handle." so he sent me there. And I got there and I came back with a mentor, Asha my friend who you also know. Hey, um, shout out to Asha <laughs> <laughs> And I think that might also be where I met Ikrama as well, Hijab Institute, another very good sister of mine. Uh, but right. subhanAllah, like the defining moment at that event for me was that I sat there and I met an imam who, may Allah bless him, had such mm-hmm. a deep approach and a psychological approach to Islam. I had never met anybody up until then. Um, You know, I I knew people like our chief imam at the mosque, who I respected highly because he had studied in Egypt, um, at Central Mosque, Then chief imam, um, imam Samuel. He had studied, um, you know, widely in Egypt, and I really liked his level of intelligence. But I had never met anyone who had spoken about Islam from a psychological perspective, and with such great data and research, mm-hmm. and you know, he came to talk. There were two people actually. There was a lady and there was him. They came to talk about, you know, like um, I think he was around the searching for his spouse or something like that. And honestly, that's why my dad sent me there. Mm-hmm. But I got there and I was so carried away by his research. Was like, <laughs> like, yeah, like the depth of you know talking about your guts and your gut feel and the way our brains work and I was like what? Hmm. There are Imams who think like this. I was completely blown, blown, away. Away. blown away. And I left there that day I remember Alhamdulillah that even you know reached out to me because I wasn't even interested in making friends. Mm-hmm. When I got there and I listened to him he just finished and I was like Can I have your card? He's like why I said because you're going to be my mentor. I've been looking for a mentor but now that you know, I have your card, you're absolutely going to become my mentor, subhanallah. And mm-hmm. I remember I was so excited, I got back home, and he was like, Ah, uh, do you want to think about this considering that you don't really know me? I'm like, No, 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 just give me a meeting, just give Hi, me a nice. text you. Some, 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 you know, blah 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 blah. That I've been praying to Allah for a great mentor, and who knew that Allah was even going to bless me with that an imam? Mm-hmm. And subhanallah, I got back home. And I told my dad, oh my God, Daddy, I met this fabulous imam. He's so intelligent. And my dad goes, what's his name? I don't want to tell, I don't want to say his name on this podcast because <laughs> I'm always embarrassing him up and down and he's a very private person. I think I know just so I think. Yes, you probably <laughs> <what I> do. <laughs> so I'm always embarrassing him up and down the nation and he's very private. So I'm going to, for that reason, that's the only reason why I will not mention his name. Mm-hmm. And, I got home and I told my dad and I showed him his card. And I'm like, and you know, Subhanallah, he's so brilliant. My dad said, Naughty girl. That's the same imam I've been trying to get you to go and listen to at workers' mosque. Subhanallah.
0: I'm like,
1: am I truly, my dad had been on my case for years, for months, actually. He he kept telling me that there's this brilliant Imam at workers' mosque. You absolutely have to go and listen to him. He's so smart. He's so, and I'm like. I'm really going to leave Baghdad to go all the way to the island. I'm like, nah, maybe not, daddy. So when I just showed him his card, he's like, yeah,
0: Imagine. that's
1: who I've been trying to get you to listen to because I knew that you'll be able to relate and to then, the way he hmm. talks about Islam. And he goes, oh, d- you know, d- something, something, something. And he's this your, um, like my uncle, his friends, um Imam, blah, 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 blah. I was like, SubhanAllah. And I texted him and I'm like, oh my God, my dad knows you. And this another. And he <laughs> turned my out God. that he was, he was who my dad had been trying to get me to see, which was a saving, you know, which kind of helps me to save face. Cause then my mm-hmm. dad wasn't so mad at me that I didn't meet one, not even one, one boy potential there. Spouse. Cause I was too carried away. <laughs> Cause I was too carried away with the Imam, But mm-hmm. him being able to link, you know, psychology, like psychology and, you know, also Being able to be a HR organizational psychologist himself Mm -hmm. and a HR director who is so grounded with Islam completely blew my mind, and it like hooked me. And I was like, okay, I kept that. Then we started the mentorship journey, and he was then asked to speak at a camp type event. This was maybe in twenty seventeen or something, maybe six months or maybe you know around that time after we had Mm -hmm. started this mentorship journey and. Because he also happens to be a coach. And SubhanAllah, like, it was, you know, the speech he delivered there? It was the famous Steve Jobs commencement speech at, I think, Stanford also. Have you listened to it?
0: Um, I'm not sure. I might have, but. SubhanAllah, like, I have I to send it to you. you. Hmm.
1: SubhanAllah, like, the one about connecting the dots. Oh my God. I am so, it's like one of my faves. Has it happened? Yeah. I can't believe I haven't told you about it. Anyway, no hala. I'm going to send it to you after we're done recording. Yes, it's it's amazing. So he picked that and used that to run a mentorship session at the event. And guess what? He made me do it with him. So it was like an assignment. I went through it, we broke it down, we related it to the Quran, and then we delivered it. Wow. Sekina, my mind was blown. I mean, to be able to relate with Islam in that manner. I was completely, I was like, Hmm. so I had that somewhere as well. So then, you know, he would give me books to read. He would give me things to watch. Some of these things were even very mainstream, but being able to connect them to Islam Islam. was really the sweet spot. Hmm. You know, so many things. I remember when I was battling with, you know, leadership and the kind of leader I wanted to be, he, he, he just, Honestly, may Allah bless him. May Allah bless him and um, record this as you, you know a good deed and 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 grant him al-Jannah for even mean, though he's alive. I mean, I mean. So um, that was one of the moments. Another moment, another defining moment for me, you know, that um, really made things just s- strike me mm-hmm. was I attended a Tahara Collective thing. I think this was in twenty. 20- Maybe twenty seventeen. Honestly, I'm not really good with dates, mm. and it was um. I mean, I can mention this person's name. By the way, I'm just gonna do a plug. I'm sorry, but if you ever want to learn Arabic, you should just, <laughs> just contact Jubril Alau. Yeah. You know, Ostash Jubril Alao is he's a shiznit. Just just go to, the, hair, though, to study Arabic. To Arabic. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, he's he's amazing, Mashallah, he's amazing. Mashallah. So I attended a thing. He did a, a a class with Tahara Collective and um. Before he even, and during that time, he also did one with Micah. And I remember that he gave a lecture where he was, man, the, the shades were real. And he was like, You people invest so much in education, in Western education. And all that is great. He too, he has great education, but mm-hmm. we never invest in our akhira. No, okay. We don't save for it. We don't have a budget for it. We just leave it to chance. We leave our Islamic mm-hmm. knowledge to taking things from khutbahs on Fridays or watching free videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. We don't consider it as something that we should invest in and around this time by the way i was investing heavily in pounds to try to get my diploma in, so in it was think, marketing you. communication it so, was it hit you. Home. so i was like yes shade this is my me. sub i take it i take it i take it <laughs> you know so yeah. husband, i remember that he finished the session that day he also spoke about the love of allah which i was also familiar with because mm-hmm. my mentor then um had also you know really given me such a different view of islam he had he had broken down all those things i had around you know people telling me about hellfire he didn't have that perspective and one thing that i remember that struck me um one of the things you know ustaz jibril said a lot of things during those sessions which i still remember vividly because mm-hmm. after that time i also took a course with him um on test gear but he had you know he's he's um approach to you know this concept of you know uh, of Allah's love and it was just amazing I could relate because my mentor had already you know helps me to break down all the barriers around oh you go, go to hellfire if you don't do this or that mm-hmm. you know which is you know sometimes emphasized yeah. so um just sitting there and listening to all the shades and catching all my subs I was just like Subhanallah, this was another thing I was going to have to fix. Because, know mm-hmm. my mentor was very gentle in his approach. And as he gave me things to read and things to watch, mm-hmm. he wasn't very, oh, you must do this or you must do that. Alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. But I remember that during Ustaz Jubril Alaou's session, he he then, for me, like further emphasized the need to you know, to acquire this knowledge, right? Mm-hmm. And to to take it seriously and to prioritize it. So the it's it's really the prioritization that that you know struck it for me. And I remember that after he finished that day, Suhana Like in my usual fashion,
2: mm-hmm. I just
1: ran to meet him and I'm like, oh, can I get your contacts? He's like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, where did you learn? I'm like, where did you learn how to study Arabic?
0: Mm-hmm. And you know, where
1: did you learn? Where did you learn this? So I just kept asking, Where did you learn this? Where did you learn this? And he, as he was telling me everything, I noted everything down and SubhanAllah, like, some of those things, I was only able to take them like last year or two years ago, but some of them even, you know, maybe three years, but just writing it down from that time, mm-hmm. you know, really got me started. And I will say that the last thing really, that was like a defining moment for me was yeah. SubhanAllah, like, if you ever attended Bagada Central Mosque, there was no way you would not know my stepfather. He was so popular. Like the imams who want to climb on the minbar; they'll be shaking because <laughs> if you go and misquote one verse, or you go and miss, <laughs> he'll he say, "Excuse me, you can't say excuse me." I, you know, tell you that nope, that's not what this name means. Are You, serious? you know, so just also having that knowledge. Yeah, like for example, during Ramadan, we will be running up and down, but my stepdad was so coordinated in all his actions because he just had this wealth yeah. of knowledge,
2: mm-hmm. you know, and it
1: helped him to. To really to relate to, you know, it was just very empowering. Mm-hmm. You know, one one yes. last thing, yeah, to share is that I remember that my stepdad, may Allah bless him and grant him, will tell mm-hmm. you then if he's like looking to make a decision, mm-hmm. like if I'm, he taught me the power of istikhara and the beauty of sola. Like, you're like trying to make a decision. My dad would tell you that he went into sola, he prayed, mm-hmm. and he prayed, and he just got inspiration. Or he, you know, yeah. Oh, he prayed and he was able to make the decision and he just knew what to do yeah. and just living, watching him live such an amazing life, such a, a, a great and successful life knowing that his only focus was Allah, was just Allah. those were like the things that just helped me to yeah, yeah, really, yeah those were like to, moments to do better. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Alhamdulillah, yes. Mashallah, mashallah that's so um, lovely and inspiring to hear I'm going to tell everybody that I know that if you have an um, ustaz that is, of other ideas, come around to and yeah, she connects with other ideas for and sure. That's it, so,
1: so for sure. It. Even when I take my classes, like in Rabata, the teachers know me. Like one of my teachers, I'm like, I got her contact till now, I'm still like excuse me i please you have a, a, a response to this i'm trying to do this they know me they know me
0: it's a good um, attitude to have and it's actually a strength because someone <laughs> like me i'm not like that right and um it will actually benefit you um be it, Nila. It, Nila is a very good attitude to have and something that i think everyone should work on um once you can if you have people that you can you know ask questions that can Um, provide Uh valuable insights for you I think that's a very strong resource that you can have um, as a human being so may Allah make it easy for us and may Allah help us to only be in the circle of people that would um, you know help us with goodness inshallah so you know I know you you spoke about growing up with your mom and your stepdad may Allah be pleased with them and may Allah forgive them Um, so um, I mean um, how was growing up like for you um, as a young girl in a Muslim home and in a society like us? Uh, so I know Nigeria, Nigeria is like half Muslim, half Christian, I think, by stats and all that. So what was it like basically growing up? And I know that some of us, at least I speak for myself, growing up, my, my um, parents were in so, um, should I say, grounded um in islam which is another story entirely but you know i'm just curious to know how was growing up like for you
1: so alhamdulillah what i would say i mean and i will relate this directly to islam because you know that's what you asked Mm -hmm. i would consider it to be amazing and i will tell you why i feel like i was very blessed growing up and that's because my parents for me embodied islam they were less oh go and pray go and do this and they were more oh they're living such an amazing life what's the secret to their success and mm-hmm. that turned out to be islam mm-hmm. and for me that was so empowering because my mother for example so she died probably didn't even speak a word in arabic mm-hmm. but every time i think about the kind of life she lived i just realized what an amazing muslim she was and i pray that you know allah truly helps all these good deeds to weigh heavily on her scale mm-hmm. you know she My mother, starting out, was one of the most charitable people I know till date and one of the most humble people. My mother, in fact, the the mechanic I still use now was my mother's mechanic. Mm. My mother would dine with mechanics, pepper sellers, all the poor people she knows, like literally, Mm. they'll rally around her, they'll be eating together. My mother was so charitable. We will stock, we'll have like a ton of food at home. Mm-hmm. And my mother will be carrying out like food from the backyard, like running behind all the great things. What's she doing? She's trying to give it to her poor relatives. She's trying to give it to mechanics. She's trying to give it to Kinicon Pepper Seller. Kiniko. You know, Sulhanola, so, like, I remember that. You know, I'm I'm just trying to think about the sheer amount of people she set up businesses for that she funded, mm. that she sent mm. to school. She was so kind to the youth. I remember that. When she was maybe my mom was 40 something, she had friends who were even university students. That you know, they will come, they won't be able to share their problems with their own parents, they'll come and share them with her. Wow. You know, some of the incidents that come to mind growing up is my mother, one of her very first cars was a bus. She insisted on a bus. Why did she want a bus? So that every time we're going home for Eid, she'll be able to carry. The people who will cook, the people who will pack stuff, the helps ourselves, everybody one bus. She didn't want anybody to enter bus or enter uh-huh. cab. She wanted us to all go in one vehicle, and she will now make it like a road trip of some sort. Uh-huh. So we'll be there while like jamming. You know, it was she would do parties like. Suhana like she was greatly missed when she, when she died, because she would throw like parties, everybody would know she would invite everyone from the poorest person to the richest person. There was no segregation, segregation. in her mind. she was just mm-hmm. amazingly uh generous, just very generous and very humble. I remember that during her um burial, Miala had gender Freedows it was so. I have never seen that type of crowd. Like people kept asking, like, is it a politician or is it this? Because we had to lock vaults and gardens because we had people who were selling pepper, people who were selling chickens, people who were drivers, people who were this mechanics boss Kilikon. then we had a ton of friends and family everybody just wanted to come and watch her and you know it was years later that i realized the risk the the blessed the baraka in so many people coming to her janaza at that point i didn't i was just like why there's so many people you know we even had people passing out from my family because there were just too many people like they had to say can we get this place wow. you know it was it was really crazy and she taught me so much. And every time I think about it, when she died, I even saw some of her notes that I was going through. Subhanallah, She had memorized surahs, kurosi, all these things in English. She had written out her duas. It was just... And I remember that every time you go to my mother's... When you go to her room, my mother is always praying. Anytime you ask her, she'll be telling you, You know, she was so... You know, which means, you know, she... Has nobody but Allah. Her reliance, her tawakul—it was amazing. And for me, why it was so amazing and why it was so impactful is because I didn't see my mother as like a stereotype Muslimi. Muslim. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. Like she, she yeah. was like the funkiest. Like she, she most fashion conscious. You know, before yeah. she started. You know, wearing the hijab, and even her version of the hijab was she would tie an amazing gile with Ankara, and then put a big, you know, how these women do it now, yeah. like a big scarf on yeah. top. But it yeah. was so, still so fashionable, so so trendy, so amazing. So it wasn't, it wasn't any rigid type thing. She would remind me to pray, but she won't beat me to pray. You know,
0: yeah. she just showed me was what Islam was, was through, was through a her. Of, you know, show, yeah, it was just know,
1: yeah. exactly. So it was yeah. through her character, and you know, also seeing how she, um. Seeing how my mother' her striving was beautiful, she was very sickly. May, May Allah use it as a purification of her sins. Um, very, very and sick, and but she was so jovial. She was so happy. She always wanted to make other people happy. And another thing I found so amazing is she struggled to try to read Arabic, pretty much till she died. She was always taking one Arabic class or the other. She run away. She say, "I just so it's not my style." She would do this, <laughs> or, you know. But it that journey, start. she just kept at it and kept at it. And I just found that so beautiful. Yeah. And then step that on the other hand was just very I, I liked the fact that first of all he had a very high level of religions religious tolerance which i loved mm-hmm. he had friends who were christians he had friends who were of other faith and there was no bad blood between them i really liked how he was able to manage that um relationship and i also particularly liked how how he was so um philanthropic to islam especially in his village especially in his community Mm -hmm. if my dad lives in this estate, everybody in the mosque will know him like he had so many things i was reading this story yesterday of some man who who detected that people were stealing money from the sadaka boxes in the mosque Mm -hmm. i think in abuja also and subhanallah i said this is my dad like at a point i thought we legit (laughs) thought they were going to kill him because he was like a corruption. He would go there, he would he say, no, this of the this money for the mosque. I'm telling you, he was so professional. Mm. He's like, put the imam on a salary. It's a professional expertise. Put him on a salary. This is very mm. different from Sadaka. So he was so, he was so involved. He would audit accounts. And he detailed. Would, mm. Yes. He would always pay his zakah. I remember that for sure. He would audit accounts in the mosque. He was very coordinated in his efforts. Like, in his budget, you know, now that I'm even talking to you, a lot of things are coming to mind. Like, for example, in his budget, there are clear Sadaka things there. And he will start from his family. Mm. He sent so many of his siblings to school. I think he pretty much maybe sent a lot of them to school. You know, his cousins, even people from from our family, you know, he would do yeah. that. And then his involvement in the mosque is something that, you know, I just pray that Allah also blesses me to be able to do because he was so involved. You know, my dad would go to the government to secure land for mosques. You know, he would work on their surveys. He was just, um, and this, um, by surveys, I mean, um, he was a surveyor. So like land surveys and stuff like Mm -hmm. that. He was just so involved. You know, for years, Agwagadar Central Mosque, a lateral country was done in our house for years. Mm
2: -hmm. And, you
1: know, we will cook all the food, you know. So how do you not love Islam from a background like that? You know, I mean, I was lazy with a lot of things. Yeah. Just like, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of teenagers. Mm -hmm. I grew up pretty fast. but I mean, you struggle to pray. I had all those struggles without a doubt, you know. In fact, they, they 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 loved Arabic so much that they didn't even take us to a madrasa. We had home teachers. You know, everything was just so it wasn't. We had no excuse to not, not be better. Be better yeah. And I liked the fact that it was very. It was evident in their character. and It wasn't go and do this, go and do that. You know, I I really loved that. You know, like I said, I I love the way he got inspiration from his prayers. I love how, in, I just I really love the involvement with the community with uh, mm-hmm. my dad. You never. Never, I don't think there was ever a day my dad owed estate dues. You know, all those things. Yeah, he was so lightly, he had, Yeah, hmm. yeah he, he would do even contracts. My dad will not. If you borrow money from my dad, then he will write it down. Both of you will be signed. Like you collected 20K and you return it. You know, he was, if you think about the thick of business and all these things, I realized that these are values that they embodied. SubhanAllah. So, mm-hmm. it's just so, it was just so inspiring for me, really. So even when I started. Finding my path. I remember my dad would say go to Micah. You know, I remember you know there were other organizations, but he would say, No, 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 no. It's Micah that's similar to the kind of things that you will like. Just go there because yeah. you know, just so go there, you see type of people that you want to talk to. So just that. Yeah. Just I, those values for me. Yeah. Um, they they stay my... they stayed with me till till date. So and, yeah.
0: Uh, and I think everything you've said so far reminds me of i don't know if, if it's a quote but it was a conversation that i had with one of my friends and she she told me that you know a child would always go back to what they know so even if they yes. they go astray or they go like absolutely they will always come back to what they know and that's why it's very key yes. that we show them you know um a good, exactly good um, representation of whatever it is that we want them exactly to. and that's take and it that's, till that's now my
1: yeah my mother passed in, um, you know, that was twenty twenty um twenty um I literally just forgot. I think twenty ten okay. or so. But till now, till date, I still pull on the things that my mother would have done. Hmm. If if you know, if I'm lazy to go to my aunt's place, I will ask myself you know if i want to give and i'm like this, i'm like no till now i still pull on a lot of things around her character a lot of things around and you know i I just want to touch on this for me that's even a more powerful way of sodaka diarrhea because my mom doesn't need to appear in a dream to me for me to remember her she's so she's so So, um
0: part of your life like
1: yeah that I remember her all the time like literally last week I was still thinking about I mean I was just having a meal I was having a meal and just the kind of meal I was having the way I was eating it the way I arranged my budget reminded me of both my stepdad and my mom at the same time and I was there they're sitting down and thinking about both of them and making dua for them so they don't need to remind me nobody needs to tell me oh your mom is dead you should i don't even need to go to a lecture for any of those things because they already like i feel like you know they're so close to me and it's just a matter of oh i'm still in this realm and, and inshallah you know we'll be reunited at when allah, allah says it's best so yeah I
0: mean, I mean, that's such a beautiful when people talk about legacy that's such a beautiful legacy to leave like Uh, alhamdulillah um i i feel so i don't know i i even feel like a bit emotional (laughs) thinking about (laughs) it and i pray that we can be like that to you know our kids Uh, as well and the people around us um, may allah make it easy for us all right so yeah so you mentioned that i mean as growing up as a teenager as adults um a young adult right um we were it's normal for teenagers to just want to rebel or be lazy and all that, you know, feel smart and all that. Um how did you deal with the reality? So when you started getting, you know, um more grounded in Islam as in taking your your faith seriously, how did you deal with the reality that you had to make some changes? I don't know if the lifestyle change was like major, right? Um some people Mm. like a total 360 degree, right? But um how did you deal with that? Um that reality that you know you had to change some things about yourself in order to you know really strive to obey Allah and um Mm. how 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 was that for you?
1: Alhamdulillah I mean I can remember some very foolish moments may Allah forgive me (laughs) some very stupid things I did and I remember this takes me back to to you know something that, that Jubril taught us, um, Allah about you know how we should cover our sins because yes. Allah has yes. protected us. I was so grateful for that because I was like, Subhanallah, like, I never want to ever talk to people about the nonsense I did when I was younger.
2: Yeah,
1: but you know one thing that I will bring it back to, and from what you said, is that I always feel like the values were there. Mm. I just needed to call on them. Now there were there was one major defining moment for me, a major lifestyle change that I have to attribute to my dad, and I pray that Allah, you know, blesses him and grants him al-jannah fair mm-hmm. And it was two things that I think that he did were, were very strategic for turning the course of, course of my life.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The first one was when I was in university. I think my mother had promised me a car,
2: okay. and
1: honestly if you if you were in if you 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 know it it was a big deal if you had like a car in school you were like a big girl
0: big girl she bought me a car because
1: (laughs) exactly (laughs) and she had bought me a car because honestly i was so well behaved Mm -hmm. um you know to an extent i I had my nonsense but i was largely well behaved i always had my conscience so once the thing is pricking me like this uh, in fact they want to look for the person that wants to confess of who had something (laughs) that is me (laughs) They say, Dara, my dad will just call me to the corner my mom, Dara. Oh my you know, I won't want something that will embarrass me. I'm like, yeah, hey, hey! is this person that took Is this person that took it? You know? <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> and my mom had also instilled this amazing savings habit in mm-hmm. me. So I they had also taught us things like contentment. So I, I had so much money university, you know, because I kept so, so much money I spent within my means, you know, I was just so filled with contentment that she was just proud of the child she had basically mm-hmm. and so she I, I think it's a combination of a lot of those things and whatnot. She's a box maker, and i I you know didn't like driving still don't <laughs> uh, so I didn't drive it I just used to so I used to have different you know like guys like take around be, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My dad was so irritated with the nonsense life and you know, those people. And he, you know, felt like and he just felt, you know, it didn't make me very humble that I how much was I even earning? Even if I had money, I wasn't earning anything. So, how can I, you know, be driving a car? Oh, he sold the car. (laughs) (laughs) That sounds
0: like my dad.
1: (laughs) Oh, by reputation.
0: Bam. He, he cut like, your, your cool cool girl status. He, he shredded it. <laughs> I'm like, you must be kidding me. Like, he literally just took the car.
1: Like, I parked it one day. I think it was one day one of those annoying boys had come to drop me, you know. Mm-hmm. He just sold it. I was so crushed. Wow. But you see, it brought my ego all the way to the ground. That's like, great. because my dad was one of those people that, I remember when I got into paid employment uh, mm. and they're like, Oh, you need to start retiring for your expenses. And we had so many colleagues who struggled with, you know, not returning company money.
2: Mm. Seki,
1: at the age of 21, it wasn't a big deal to me. You know why? Because I've retired all my life. If I buy textbooks, school, I write down, I had a budget in, in university. Mm. I'll write down all my expenses. I'll tell my dad how much I spent with receipts and mm. I'll return the change. You so all the retirement they used to shout about at the office was a walk in the park for me hmm. because he had taught me accountability at such a young age and my dad never stole money like my parents were not thieves so it's so difficult you know hmm. I, I can't say oh you know this company money Kumono, It's yeah. those are things that inshallah so, you know will never be me i mean so mm-hmm. So it just brought such humility to me after he did that. And it was, I realized looking back, I realized how, how humble that made me because my dad never wanted us to be in school and be bragging on top money that he made or my mom made. Yeah, not any, who do that sit down. Yeah. Or when you sit down, like my dad, subhanAllah, him and my mom would travel to different places during summer. Mm. Seki, I think he only allowed us to start traveling when we graduated from university. Oh my gosh. My mates would be flying to UK. My dad would say, you fly to UK we'll we'll based on yes. what? She will <laughs> end You know what he would do? They will now go and say, we should write lists. They will buy us books. They will buy us. So we're so exposed. We're, but mm-hmm. we're exposed based on all the things they, they, so for example, Toy Story, Harry Potter, all the Enid blighting series. You can look out to make a something science in the house. We knew all those things based on all the stuff they used to bring back from the travels. But the travel debate div- like <laughs> he did not agree. Yeah. Like my he was like no 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 you know? Yeah. And I see how a lot of those things shaped me because of course he also taught me delayed gratification. Yeah. You know, all those things. Yeah. yeah. And another thing that you know I also really remember before I really get in, in into this, the second thing was I used to work in the entertainment industry, so kind of like so yeah. in school I was a radio presenter to start with, so I worked on the school's radio station. I, everybody knew me. I used to MC in events. Mm-hmm. Then I started managing artists. You know, then I started managing actors.
0: Mm-hmm. My dad
1: was just looking at me. Very ah, my dad's Yes,
0: but he never
1: said don't do it. because they listening they come to the terrace, you'll not say anything. You see, mm-hmm. after I left school like this, he just said, it's okay. What do you want to do? So I said, I want to go into entertainment. You know, I even had an offer to work in a radio station. I said, ah, I don't think that's a path you should take. I was like, ah, oh, no, you know, I want to do this. I want to manage top artists. He just said, no problem. You know what he did? He got the family lawyer and he asked the lawyer to draw up contracts. And he said, I should go and give the contracts to all my talents. And if they sign it, we can continue working together. Guess what? None of them signed None it. Of them, so the end. You don't run a business. Wow. You run a charity organization. Go and get a proper
0: career wow i'm curious i'm just like that i'm not i'm not understanding.
1: and it wasn't a contract that binded there was nothing extraordinary in the contract the contract just stated that i'm your manager and this is how much you will pay me for your service or i will get this percentage of the earnings and they could not i had spent so much of my money investing in all these useless enterprises but my dad knew that there was no way he would, I mean, he had used stories, used all sorts. He was like, But you oh, were not so listening. He was not job. entering. <laughs> I'm telling you, so he just simply did that. And you see, I was so heartbroken mm. that the people that I had invested
0: so much in they didn't want to, to invest in you as well. Do you
1: understand? I was so broken. So mm-hmm. he now came in to mend that brokenness
2: sure. by
1: putting me towards a career that would be profitable, sustainable. And I'll be pleasing to Allah. SubhanAllah. Such a beautiful strategy. As in I'm my mind, I'm like, yes.
0: I'm jealous of you. <laughs> anyway, I was like, people, he just
1: rewired yeah. my life. Hmm. Like, he rewired my life. And I remember that even till now, before my dad died, hmm. you know, he passed away about two years ago. And before he, he passed away you know, all the things he was telling me from like 2016 was, I've seen like the toxic work culture of so many corporate environments. Mm -hmm. And because he resigned from the government, obviously because of the corruption and all the nonsense.
2: Yeah.
1: And he became a consultant. But my dad was a consultant that if you come to our house, I used to, if you you package, you know, he doesn't respond to people after four, maybe doesn't work on Fridays, Hmm. you know, all those type of things. He's whatever. So he had always mm -hmm. told me that live the kind of life that will be best for my well-being, I must become a consultant. And mashallah, I'm a consultant today.
0: So, but
1: going back to the different things that you said, making the change, like I said, those two things really helped me, but I feel like the values were there. I just had to continuously remind myself of who I was. Mm -hmm. You know how they say, you know, that was what I needed to do to get to where I was supposed to be. Yeah, And I will talk about This these changes. I had some 360 ones and I had some that were not so bad. So the first one obviously was friendship. Mm -hmm. I grew up as a tomboy because I I was I was I I didn't like drama. I still don't like drama. So I can't deal with the energy of oh you didn't reach out to me today or uh right? so i i gravitated towards men more because they didn't give me that drama right Mm -hmm. and then what as i was growing in my faith i realized that that didn't make sense but i had to keep company the company of women you know and because i didn't like drama i didn't want to make the effort but alhamdulillah Allah really blessed me with amazing people Mm -hmm. you know he blessed me with really great friendships um And I would say that these friends were really amazing people. People like even Asha may Allah bless her, because I don't feel like I'm every time I think about my friends, I don't feel like I make as much effort. Maybe now I feel like I'm better compared to before, but just that, you know, (laughs) compared to before, but you know, just that effort. She was like, ah, Dara, I've not heard from you or something, you know, and a couple of my other friends, like, ah, Dara, we've not heard from you. Ah, Dara, what are you doing? You know, and stuff like that. Mm. So that helped. And I remember that letting go of a lot of friendships that I told myself that look you have to let go of them and as someone who's an extroverted introvert meaning that I could be the life of the party but in reality I just want my space yeah it I, I didn't have I knew a ton of people but I had very few close friends mm-hmm. so when I had to let go of those friends it was extremely painful because mm-hmm. I was like us oh, so what kind of like where am I going to start again mm-hmm. and I remember that talking to my therapist like three months ago or mm-hmm. like four months ago when I was still in paid employment one of the things she told me is that don't be afraid to make new friendships that there's nothing like oh this friend from secondary school or primary it's okay we, yeah. we make new friendships all the time and be open to that and like letting go of those friendships like i was saying was very painful and i remember that but allah once again helped me because i had one friendship that was extremely toxic but i didn't even know wow you know i just kept pushing and pushing it was harmful it was horrible it was it was everything that was terrible for me it was it was bad on every single level you know
2: Hmm. and
1: i remember that when i let go of this friendship this person particularly took out time to insult me abuse me call me all sorts of names make me feel horrible black I just told myself that after he did all those things, mm-hmm. I think I blocked him. And I just said, Alhamdulillah, Allah has shown the sign that you, that you were the greatest stone in my flesh, had to get out. Oh. So Alhamdulillah. Um, now, the other thing was friendships and fashion. Fashion, <laughs> of course, is a struggle for everyone. And yes. as someone who was, I didn't even have, and I had very interesting transitions because I worked in advertising and mm-hmm. you know I moved from creative to account management. Not one of my favorite industries, by the way. Mm-hmm. But Alhamdulillah, at least it taught me a lot of the things that I know. Yeah. So um I was very tomboy starting out, you know, baggy jeans, all that kind of stuff. And then I moved into my chic phase. And I was I was even looking at some of my Irano images recently. You know, with <laughs> like I'm like, what is this? I remember my dad used to say then ah, ah. Dara, are you... I don't know if you know the artist Ara then that used to play the talking drum. You know, she used to have this hair, like yes. really long braids. Yes. And I used to do those type of long braids. And my dad was always like, "Oh, <laughs> you know, he's like, why is your hair so long? And I'm like, yeah, I really love it. I'll put different colors. So I had like a two-year stint of that kind of phase. Mm-hmm. And now transitioning from, oh my God, you're so pretty. Or, oh, you look so good. Or your legs are so fresh. I, you know, all those You can imagine the the sheer amount of you know just letting go of all the that struggle um, mm-hmm. do you understand yeah but I'll have like once again I feel like my values helps me because I remember that when I want to wear ridiculous stuff I would have to be hiding in the house like when I'm leaving the house I'll be pulling it down because my dad would be saying you know he he never said we should dress like this yeah it's his own sharp descent don't sit down and it's a mess yeah. you know stuff like that yeah but then I have to give a lot of credit to some people mm. one. Till date, I still remember some of Oyin Khan's sessions. May Allah bless my sister. I mean, I mean. Interestingly, we were actually in school together, you know. Oh, but, cool. um, yeah, but well, we're not as close in school. But she okay. was um, roommates with a very good friend of mine. Okay. But anyway, um, in fact, no, some of my very good friends. So, you know, I still remember till date how she did. I think the session was about, you know, modesty and how we do it for the sake of Allah. Until now, I still remember it. There was also a very defining lecture I listened for, to from Mufti Menk who said, when you finish dressing up every day, do you feel like Allah will be pleased with you? And honestly, I still remember it as like literally yesterday, I was wearing my nisaba um, workout hijab. <laughs> workout hijab and, you know, I was just like, ah, you know, because motif you know, pull and puller, it's it, my, you know, my hair is a little because, like, ah, I feel like when I'm jogging or walking, my hair will be showing and I'd be lazy about it. Yes, I was like, nope, will Allah be pleased if this is how you go out? And people are seeing Mokobere, seeing Fee, Ina Kapsi, you know? So, still, yet, I still remember those things from Oinko and um Meng. But I think one of the people I want to give the most credit to for the fashion bit of it is my dear friend, Ikrama. May Allah bless her in her face. I mean, Ikrama still dates, Nobody can tell me nothing. I don't care where the hijab company is. Still date. She's still the most creative person in, in hijab styling and hijab creation. Nobody can tell me. People are so different people to me. I'm like, mm-hmm. no, nope. very creative and her ability. There were times she used to do this hijab corporate styling. There were times when I remember she helped me from cap mm-hmm. to turban, from turban to scarves. I still have her scarves till date. You know, because then I remember that I'll tell her that Wobobo bo- you by me. Till now I don't like so I'm like, I can't do this rap. It's so inconvenient. She's like, as if she'll see me at the event to wrap my hijab for me. She will make the ones that I'll just tie at the back and throw over my neck. You know, sometimes she's like, ah, there are- these small scarves, they are cute, but your neck is showing. you know. You know, she was so supportive on that journey. Mm-hmm. She made me caps that were colorful. She made me turbans. When I said, ah, this one is hurting my head, she'll make a big one. You know, when I said, ah, this one, I don't like it, she'll make the neck hole. And I said, no, it's not trendy enough. You know, she just,
0: yeah
1: Sumuhana, like, she was so supportive yeah. on that journey. And, you know, that's why it's important for more people to get into the halal industry and understand the struggle so that you can guide people through. Yeah. So I will say that those were the major changes and the last thing really was just having a community and having events and I feel like people like Micah helps me to solve that later down the road people like Tahara you know because um I also struggled with that okay what kind of events can I go for now you know I'm not like to be honest I don't really like going out so Mm -hmm. I didn't really bother about the events, but I'm like, the day I want to go, it has or, to you be, know, it has yeah, to be. Yeah, so how do I find it? Yeah. And, you know, my dad, once again, was very supportive on that journey because he got me, you know, started at, at Micah and, uh, yeah, Alhamdulillah, those were, yeah, yeah, yeah. So those were like the changes. So it was a journey, but Alhamdulillah, Allah was there with me every step of the way and he still is there now on my journey. Alhamdulillah.
0: Alhamdulillah, mashaAllah, And I think this, segues nicely into my next question which is you know with everything that you've said i think is as Allah said you know if we take a step towards him he'll run towards us so i think the the Mm -hmm. onus is you know i mean Allah guides whom he wills but when we start on that journey let's know that we are not alone and you know he would provide everything that we need to you know get better um be it nila so my next question is going um is um I know that there is no loss with Allah, so I think that's like the only thing, so you can do a business and people you might have made projections that you know this business is going to you know blow blah blah blah, and something happens but with Allah like there's no loss with him right so um my question would i know there is there are lots of things that you know positive things that would have come out of your life um just by being you know, more um, intentional about your faith. But what would you say, maybe just one thing that has been like your greatest win that you can remember um, now on this journey? What would, what would you say was, is your greatest win?
1: Mm. There are so many of them.
0: I'd say like one because...
1: I think the, maybe the, what, one of the major ones at least that I will go in on probably is peace of mind. Mm. uh just having that contentment of the soul for me has been so instrumental because i feel like i spent a lot of my life searching right Mm. and alhamdulillah i i feel you know when i think about it
2: Mm. i was
1: reflecting today and i was telling myself that i feel like allah has blessed me to do work to do impact work and do the right kind of work like he has blessed me to do that because i have pretty much walked away from every career i have had mm. by myself not not the circle you know i've i started off really well i grew very quickly mm. you know during the, through the ranks very quickly as a copper i was already you know in the system already a high flyer Mm-hmm. But I was always just searching. I felt like I was always searching for that purpose, for that peace of mind. Like mm-hmm. I was there's always there was always a race. You know, this crazy rash race yeah. that you have like in corporate culture. It's always like things. there's something, there's something, there's so you know that race is just so annoying. It gives you anxiety, it gives you palpitations. Mm-hmm. It, it just you can make a ton of money and be traveling the world. As if I've I've had jobs where I could sponsor myself anywhere you hmm. know i could go on trips i could because i just was never settled you hmm. know i was just always searching and i didn't know what i was looking for
2: yeah. and i
1: feel like when i came you know when allah blessed me to come to him it's it just gave me that sekina okay <laughs> <a> okay <second. But laughs>
0: just- just- Yes, you just mentioned <laughs> that. chest.
1: Yes. <laughs> it just gave me that sekina, Suhana lie, You know, it just gave me that sekina and Absolutely. and mm. it's 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 amazing. And now, trust me, when you have that peace of mind, there's so many things that don't matter. Mm. I'm at another phase in my life where I'm building up from ground zero. Mm. And I'm not scared. I'm not afraid. I'm not runny. I don't feel under pressure at all because there's this, I know Allah is there and I feel like I'm able to prioritize the things that matter. So if he takes my life today, inshallah, I pray that, you know, he, 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 he rewards me for the things that I've done. And you see those things are more important to me than anything else, than money, than fame. Those Mm -hmm. I've experienced all those things, fame, money, all those things you know and this point is still my happiest point it's my sure. even on the days when i'm hit by a trial bam mm-hmm. i still can come back to allah is with me allah is with me all is well because allah is with me mm-hmm. and for me that has been my greatest win just that sekina that tranquility that peace of mind
0: preach yeah that's what miss I'm most i know myself i know that's a big win. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she she so beautiful um, <laughs> yeah and i hope um anyone that is listening to this um if you feel like uh, if you always feel like you know something is missing if you always feel like you know you're searching for something um i hope this inspires you to you know Turn always turn back to Allah, always return to Him, and I pray that He grants you the ease um, that you seek. I can attest to this because um, I've also experienced this, and um, I pray that Allah just continues to give us akina. Physically. Amen. In the previous question, okay. you know, you mentioned that you know you experienced some challenges, which I know is is quite um, normal, right? You're going through changes. You have to, you know, challenges are very very much normal but i'm curious to know you know what what challenges or what would you say is your biggest challenge so far um in terms of like you know growing as a muslim
1: without a doubt in the world the battle of my nafs. <laughs> <laughs> Just without a-, a doubt in the world subhanallah like, mm-hmm. like every time my nafs me to go this way i'm like you must do the opposite that's the only way <laughs> You know, yeah. so that is the greatest. It's the greatest struggle. Everything revolves around that, the battle of the nerves. Because even sometimes when we say, "Oh, maybe I'm having issues with this," you see that it's either tied to your ego. Or... So really, that's mm. that's it for me. It's it's that battle yeah. of the nerves. That's the work. That's the work. Mm.
0: That's the work. That's, it's something, and I think um, I would like to share. There's a resource. So. I, I think the first time I heard about this nafs, like a detailed breakdown, was in um there's this uh, madrasa we used to go to. Uh, I not,
2: see.
0: Yes, yeah, so the guy, may Allah bless his soul. I can't remember his name. It was quite popular. Dean, the founder of Dean Communication. Ah, way, Dean, um am Yes, exactly. May yes. Allah grant him I mean, I mean, so he was the one that mentioned and I was like, hmm, like he really broke it down, like oh um how your naps can be on the animal level, yeah. you know, and all that different categories. But recently, yeah. um I was going through Yakin's resources yes. and there was a video on that. Um, and I think that is something that everyone should listen to. I'll signpost the resource yeah. um somewhere in the Yeah, quarter- you
1: know, I tell people that every year, like every year. I I people should should take a a course a test care course. I think it's important.
2: Hmm. Yeah.
1: Well, especially because the world is wired to feed your nerves,
2: hmm. and
1: to keep you know all those things that people chase after, and that yeah. they do. The world the way it is, like all mm-hmm. the things they tell you to chase for a run after, it really yeah. just is your nerves. A lot of those yeah. things. So for that reason, you have to be able to. <laughs>
0: you need to be be grounded you need to yeah it's very important yeah yeah Yeah. it's very scary scary stuff yeah and like in the quran it says that you know um our souls are naturally inclined to evil so it's just something that we need to be very mindful of yeah Yeah, that is that all right so um let's talk about islamic knowledge Hmm? so i know that you know you're very passionate about education in general, because I see your work with um, slum to school Yeah, that's something else that I, that when I got to know you as well, right? So I see, I know you're passionate about education in general, um, but I, I want you to, I want to talk about Islamic knowledge. So I know you recently um, founded Ibadah Plug, uh, Mashallah, and um, I'm excited for what you guys have in store for everyone. And yeah, so I just want you to tell me about it, you know, what was the, what was the why behind it? I know. You don't just, just share. Talk to us about it, about it,
1: okay. So to start with, to be really honest, the truth mm-hmm. is we need more female scholars. We need mm-hmm. more female scholars. We need more female teachers. Right? That yeah. is a fact. Uh and for me, one of the challenges I had was having access to female scholars or mm-hmm. female teachers because it's as much as alhamdulillah i had a good support system most of these people were men and there were Mm -hmm. things that i won't naturally ask them that took so much for me like i won't ask you about the thick of menstruation you know i won't ask you about oh okay so spotting or you know those are things that are not comfortable for me to ask you even spouse researching or anything like that Mm -hmm. i don't feel comfortable discussing them with you know these people i hold in high regard yeah. And then I also noticed that there's always a difference when you're learning things from people who look like you and who understand your experiences. Always a difference. Definitely. Yeah. And for me, I realized that, you know, there's there's been so much that has been down, so much downtrodden information, so much mm-hmm. stuff that has been wiped out, you know, about mm-hmm. female scholarship, you know, and things like that in Islam. It's very unfortunate.
0: Our contribution to Islam. Yeah, and
1: And if you look at it, if you look at Islamic history, we all know the sheer amount of hadith that comes from Nana Aisha. May Allah be pleased with her. The contributions, the questions of people like our Nana Um Salama is the reason why we know about the position of women in Islam, you know?
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: The contributions of people like Lubaba you know, are the you know these are people who who helped us to understand so much about Islam, who who brought Islam to the forefront. You know, mm. people like you know, like uh, how many people know about Ah uh, uh, Nana Sauda? You know, these are great mm. women in Islam that you know are not spoken about as much. So for me, the intention behind ibada plug is to give all, you know, just to plant a seed. I realize that myself and my team do not have the capacity to bring anybody to female scholarship or to female knowledge, but Mm -hmm. we hope to plant the seed. Let's Mm -hmm. plant that seed of you understanding that you should seek Islamic knowledge. Even if you don't Mm -hmm. want to become a scholar or a teacher, women play such a critical role in society. Yeah. I mean, all of us go, go on about Anas ibn Malik. May Allah be pleased with him. Forgetting I mean, that it's his mother that handed him over to the prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. So so take so this well. boy, let him serve you. You know, yeah. and from that, look at the sheer amount of hadith. Look at the sheer amount of learnings. Even if you yeah. read the history of the great imams, the great scholars, yeah. including Imam Malik, no. you know, you'll see the beautiful role and the very important role that women play in Islam. So for me, it even moves past them becoming scholars or teachers. We need informed mothers. Yeah. We need informed single people. Women mm. play, even if you are not married, the sheer amount of people who rely on you for so many things mm-hmm. I, are yeah. a I, I lot. And you being able to, to play your role with the back, with the back drop of Islam makes a difference and for me that is so critical so that's why we just want to plant a seed of islamic knowledge in women in as many women as possible and i pray that you know allah makes it easy because and if you awesome. look at alhamdulillah for the work of people like Ansar tamara gray people like dr rania awad people like miriam amin people like my teachers Jean and yusuf who started as Gina and yusuf these people are doing beautiful work and the yeah. work that they are doing in islam is so important it's so relevant it's so different even looking at their journeys alone will show you that we need more women to understand Islam, to know about Islam. Islam. You know, it's so important. So, for me, the only thing we want to do is to plant that seed for you to understand that a day should not go by without you absorbing something that's related For you to understand that you must carve out a budget from your earnings to seek Islamic (laughs) knowledge. For you to know that you can leverage the pockets of time in your day to learn more about Islam. I can't, Suhana, I can't fully emphasize how insanely passionate i am about this goal because i can, see, I can, I can hear it you. <laughs>
0: well, your voice is ready
1: yeah it's so important i mean i was looking for female scholars in nigeria recently it was such a headache i was like where's <laughs> everybody you know even in africa and if you look even look at women who founded the universities i mean subhana like there's too much to say and for somebody who has who I take a lot of courses you know I take um quite a number of my courses from Rabata Rebat, founded by Answer Tamara mm-hmm. Grami Allah bless her and reward her I mean. and you know I take my test gear classes there mm-hmm. I, you know I've taken even some Arabic classes there in the past, and just the method the 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 way they can relate to my struggles like I ask a question and they ex they, un- they explain from a from a point of view of understanding what I'm going through as a woman, you know. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the way they even teach is very different the compassion in teaching not to say men are not compassionate but women are naturally compassionate and you know have a lot more empathy the, the way they teach yeah. the way they, they transfer the knowledge the way they relate to the struggles of the woman just shows you how absolutely important it is for us if we want to take Islam to where it's supposed to be and we want to shape our society in the right manner then we yeah. must teach more women it's as simple as
0: yeah. that and that's yeah you know, that's that's our intention I agree. I, I, I mean, it's very very important because um like they say the child the first the child's first teacher is you know the yeah. mom right and there's just one affinity children with their mothers there's just there's this affinity there. So imagine if you have a mom that can give you, like, yeah. tell you and show you how beautiful yeah. Islam is from a young age. Yeah. So imagine the effect yeah. that would have on you. So I yeah. totally, totally agree. Yeah. yeah. May Allah make it easy. Amen. I you know, may I Allah, Allah grant us um, minds that seek knowledge, right? And I expand mean. our minds to consume this knowledge. Amen. I
2: Amen. Um, I Amen. Um, I Amen. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah.
0: All right, fantastic, fantastic. Uh, we're moving on and I think that we are getting, you know, we're we getting there, <laughs> right? So, uh, so yes, we've, we've spoken about seeking knowledge, right? And um, I seem to think that there are also some pitfalls that are lurking in the corner somewhere when you start to seek knowledge, right? Yes. And I think for me, back to like the nerves right so there yes. might be issues around you know when you have knowledge you have if you're not careful you might start to feel like you're you're better than that's others true. Right?
2: that's true
0: yeah that's like the potential pitfall i mean it's different things for different people right depending yeah. on your personality you yeah are, right so um, if you would like to shed uh, more light on that um what potential pitfalls do you think um, one has to be mindful about when we start to seek knowledge.
1: I mean, with you, you've nailed that on the on the head without a doubt in the world. Because what it is is really the nafs, and I think that the pitfalls, really, you know, what what you should be careful of, really, is pride and arrogance,
2: hmm.
1: uh, managing your ego, because they're the ones that quickly come. Because what happens when you seek knowledge, and maybe you go somewhere and you say something smart, they're like, ah, so smart, ah, <laughs> say you <that>. know, <laughs> and before you know it, they put you, on the table, you know. And then like yeah. when you say ah, ah ah word, word, drop mic, ah, sister mother is contributing. Mm-hmm. Before you know it, they put you on a pedestal. And then mm. you see now where should now wear shoulder pad like you're very, you're very you become very <laughs> arrogant. And then you now begin to think that you know when in reality, till so you leave this earth, I don't even think you even acquire even even a, a, an inch of the, the knowledge that's required.
2: No, so no, I think yeah. it's that
1: pride and arrogance. People fuel it a lot. And you know, if your nerves are already out of control, it's a problem. And for me, one of the ways to battle that is of course always be grounded in your intentions. Remember why you're doing it, they are doing mm-hmm. it for the sake of Allah. Remember that you're really nothing but a servant. You really don't know a lot or anything yeah. most times. And mm-hmm. also, um, you know, I think that keeping the company of righteous people and also the people who constantly seek knowledge is also very important. Mm. Uh, I, I think that's very very important and you know people who you know keep pushing keep pushing the envelope keep pushing and pushing you know when they finish learning this one they're on to the next one on to the next one on to the... it's so you know people who have that and you know mm-hmm. who you know are great knowledge seekers I think that they, they they do a lot for your ego you know it really helps yeah. you to, to bring you down to base level and yeah. <laughs> make you understand Nancy no room for shoulder paddy walk normally. walk you yeah. know, so, yeah, I think that, yeah. and of course, also asking a to always, always help you to manage your shortcomings and all that, but, you know, those pitfalls, they're really pride and arrogance, it's all around the nafs, and that's why, you know, test care is so important, it's a continuous journey, mm.
0: you know. Yeah, thank you, So, and, you know, something I really want to emphasize here is, you know, always have a learning mindset, yes. you know, that when we have, be a student for life, then yes. also, when that trying to deal with your nerves is not something that you can do alone. It's something that you need to invite Allah, you need to ask yeah. him to help you on that yes. journey. So, do it together. I don't think it's yeah. something that we can do because that's another pitfall on its own. yeah, but yeah I agree.
2: I agree. Yeah. I agree. I
0: okay.
2: agree.
0: Okay. So, um, let's talk about doubts. Doubts. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, as Muslims, right, and I would speak for myself and maybe from should I say gist or things that we see around right um yes. the situations where as Muslims we face doubts mm. right
2: um
0: you know questions around you know how am I even sure that Islam is the yeah. right path you know all those kind of things right um so did you experience have you ever experienced did you experience that um and um, if you did you know um how were you able to get over it or you know like to shed light on that Hmm.
1: so i mean you you know doubts doubts uh i feel like they're inevitable i think everybody has them no matter Mm -hmm. how big small or grounded you are Mm -hmm. um you know i also think that the whisperings of shaitan also you know really really contributes to this but personally I I what I try to do and you know this is also based on you know my stepfather may Allah grant him al danna freedow he was also a very curious and a very intelligent person and mm-hmm. how he would deal with this is that he or how he helped me deal with this is you know I would go to him we try to seek an answer like, if he doesn't have it then he'll immediately refer me to people of knowledge which you know may be an imam or a teacher until yeah. date I still do the same thing so I say um you know, it, of course, I, I can't go go. I can't reach out to him anymore. But what I try to do is because the thing about doubts is, I think sometimes people make the mistake that oh, you know, just tell it to go away. I, I don't advise that. No. So me, for example, if it's a question and it's a reasonable question, and it's a doubt. I I will you know seek knowledge about it. I will mm-hmm. ask one of my teachers or an imam alhamdulillah i have access to some of you know this either a teacher or an imam and that's why you know like i said in the beginning i would usually get their contact so i have them so i will ask them either ask me a friend that i feel knows more but i usually even like to go directly to a teacher or imam i will ask them mm-hmm. and if it's something that you know there are some of those things that you never um get answers to so for example you cannot be asking like what does Allah look like for example of course there's no answer to that i hope people so, understand this hmm. yeah so you know there are some things like that and um Spuhana, like i have to refer you to to something that uh maybe i will send you the link inshallah so maybe you can pin it um yes. um, Usta, um dr tasneem al from Yakin, she addressed this on, i think a yakin podcast and she was saying that there are some things i will not find answers to but mm-hmm. even in not finding answers to those things it's part of our submission to just take them and move take it and move on so the things yeah. that they tell me there are some things that my stars will tell me or ustazes straight out they don't know or there's no mm-hmm. answer to it i'll say alhamdulillah move on that's the end and i try to you know i'll make dua to Allah you know try to get it out of my system immediately yeah. but the things yeah. that there are answers to you know I would always ask. So my my go-to is to ask people. I just try to ask people that I feel that, you know, are people of knowledge. So I just ask them. That's what I try to do. So mm. I try to do that. And sometimes if I even find out there's a very complex response, what I will now do is look for someone who I know is on a good knowledge journey, is a path mm-hmm. to seeking knowledge, you know, learns constantly. And then ask the person if she understands the concept or that particular doubt, and then ask her to explain it to me, maybe in lamer man's terms or something like mm. that. So, yeah. but I always, yeah. you know, try to seek answers. I just don't keep it or push it aside. No, I don't do that because I've not found that to be very um, come back, yeah. Come yeah. Back. It's like Yeah,
0: it's like an itch that would do do, yeah. right? yeah, it, yeah. yeah so i think uh, it's
1: in between trying to seek answers and also having the humility to let go
0: exactly sometimes
1: that lesson exactly. is part of submission yeah yeah
0: and i think that's where the problem lies when you know people leave like yeah. the of Islam or you know they resort to like because you need to know yes allah blessed us with intellect but we yeah. need to know that there's a limit to your logic there's a exactly
2: limit to exactly so knowing
0: when to stop like, and like you said that humility and just you know letting yeah. things go many, many of us need to learn um yeah that's a uh, lot and yeah. also know that it's okay to have doubts because i think something else is some people feel like once they have doubts that means you know yeah um, you know maybe islam is not the truth or something and they just entirely give up yeah have doubt. i think that i'll give you a, yeah talks about it uh, you you know you know what what you said uh, it
1: it just it just reminded me of of a case study so now um i've been learning arabic trying to learn arabic for so long before i came you know to study arabic in africa and they use this brilliant method that i really love um so what they do is that they don't teach you the rules so they teach you how to speak the language because we didn't learn how to speak english by learning about adjectives and pronouns right we mm-hmm. learn by speaking it. We're making mistakes. Our parents will correct us. Our teachers will correct us till we perfected yeah. the language. And yeah. then maybe we now learn it in primary school and secondary school. But rules. the yeah. truth is none of us have yeah. even mastered the truth out of grammar. A lot of people don't mm-hmm. understand grammar or morphology or any of those things. Yeah. So it's the same principle that study in Arabic Africa uses. They apply the same principle. They don't mm-hmm. teach you the rules. They teach you how to speak. And then when you're comfortable with speaking a lot of things, then they now teach you one rule after maybe like six lessons. So you Mm -hmm. now know that
2: this
1: is why you are saying this thing this way. And if you make a mistake, you can self-correct.
2: Now, to be able to
1: sit in a study in Arabic Africa class, Mm -hmm. you must be very humble and you must be very patient. So sometimes you see students asking, but what is you? what is, and you start to say, nope, I'm not going to tell you the rule. You wait, I need to make sure you use it. So he, you know, even him, it takes so much patience and humility not to teach you the rules. So that's Mm -hmm. a case study because, you might have doubts. You might say, what if he doesn't know what he's saying? Or what if he mm-hmm. doesn't know what he's doing? But that patience and humility to be able to wait till after six lessons to yeah. learn one rule will teach you a lot about doubts and life in general. So, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing this. Mm, I'm having a great conversation.
1: Alhamdulillah.
0: <laughs> Alhamdulillah. Alright, so who or which people or platforms um have been most influential on your journey to following Allah's commandments. I know your parents for sure. Yes. Um oh, and I know your mentors, the yes. Ustas, Ustadas and everything. Is there anyone else on that journey?
1: That yes. so you? them, um I I mean anybody who knows me will know Omar's <laughs> lemon. because because you know very 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 influential um he's and for me it's really his approach i really love his um storytelling um i Mm. think and also he's he's you know he's very grounded in islamic history history, which i love because i've learned so much from his series like you know the first um that i found very useful and yeah so yakin the yakin platform rabata as well that's Rebat and answer tamara gray her work Jina and Yusuf who stars at Jina and Yusuf without a doubt in the world. She has an amazing class on reflecting the names of Allah. She has an amazing book uh, Suhan Lai, that so many people have picked up and, you know, has been very influential to them. So I find those and of course, Productive Muslim, because Productive Muslim, you know, taught me how to plan my life around Salah, not the other way around. It also taught me about what what's the concept of living a Baraka-filled life instead of a hustle life, you know. Um, mm-hmm. should be like I learned that from productive muslim so um, that has been very very influential you know um so Yakin, um productive Muslim um who else? Um, I also have to you know talk about some of our local scholars who have found very 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 helpful. Um, people like um, 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 um Imam abdurrahman Ahmad um, and amazing amazing very intelligent, very intellectual. I, I've always loved, loved sitting down in his lectures and learning from him. Um, just just amazing content and, and such good grounding in Islam. Um, also people like um, Nuruddin Lemu, may Allah bless him as well. Uh, Uh, you know, I've learned a lot, a lot from him as well. And he has been influential on my journey as well. You know, if, if there's an, um, 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 Imam Abdurrahman session or Nuruddin Lemus session, you most likely see me there because I've just, I just really like the way, you know, um, they imbibe Islam and just the way they communicate it. Uh, Mm -hmm. so yeah, those people, all the people I mentioned before, um, who else has been influential? So, yeah the guys are productive muslim Musa jina and, and um, amanda yeah. yeah
0: talking about um uh, productive muslim I've, I've not finished the book till now but <laughs> it gave me a big mindset mindset shift yeah. right and the concept of us being Khalifa's on earth ah and yes yes you feel it but Michelle, i
1: don't know in- may Allah bless you i agree i learned that from them as well how could i have forgotten that
0: and you know it just made that was me the only time i understood that,
1: that concept yeah. i never got yeah. it till till you till cannot like, be, be on that. this
0: earth and just yes. you know while you wait time of yes <laughs> yes reading that i was like if there's yes. anything i took from this book may
1: Allah bless you yes yes, I, mean, I, mean, yes I, mean. I learned that yeah you're right i never i never really got that till i till i um it's like read the products yeah, and then yeah. i took you know courses from them everything mashallah they are doing fabulous fabulous work and very it has been very influential because when i started learning from productive muslim in fact they had this amazing podcast i always used to listen to and then they had mm-hmm. this blog that they still have that i always used to go and read from so i just realized that i cannot be hustling like the rest of my colleagues who are living very mm-hmm. different lives different you know, lives. very very different lives so mm-hmm. i just became a I just had a complete mindset shift and started Mm -hmm. listening. And, you know, I just started realizing that even a lot of these motivational speakers cannot speak to me because they do not understand. You know, Um, a lot of these coaches, I cannot sign up with them because what are you talking about? You know, it's not pride, but it's just realizing that our purpose is very different. different. And there's no way they will talk to me because you will be telling me to go about the streets and be bragging up and down. But to me, I know (laughs) that before I mention one thing, it must have a solid intention to please Allah. So you yeah. can we can never be on the same, yeah.
0: you know. You'll yeah. never
1: be able to talk to me or mm-hmm. advise me or so. And you know, it just made me very deliberate about my friendships, about even the kind of places I worked in, and I and that's why I really struggled with the corporate world. I mm. have resigned about three times, walked out of jobs, and you know, well. everybody would think. I, May Allah bless my mentor. Yes, the sheer amount of support he gave me every time I made those decisions. Because it was like, I was crazy in all these places. They're like, you're earning so much. You're being promoted. Like, in fact, one of the first one I did when I decided to take a career break, I had just been promoted. The sheer amount of growth I had in the space of three years was was Mm -hmm. never heard of. It was mad. But I was just like everything was it was just against my but future i was like this thing it, go yeah. add up go add up go add up so even though everybody was like i was living the life i was like nope you know when i looked at the things i should be doing or the things i gravitated it was just completely off so i was just like nope not mm-hmm. for me and I, I took the decision to leave all the time so yeah those all these people have been very influential very influential on my journey love you know
0: me. yeah love, bless them
1: all i mean yeah. i mean.
0: All right, all right. So I know this sounds like a very, I won't say it's a silly question, but what blows your mind about God and Islam? What's something
1: that blows your mind? I'll give you like three things. I'm sorry.
0: <laughs> Bring it so, all.
1: <laughs> first of all, the power of intention. My mind, see and subhanallah. Eh? If anybody's blessed, blessed, subhanallah if anybody, like, I'm so emotional even thinking about this, but if anybody is blessed blessed to to visit Mecca and Medina you will understand the power of intentions if you think about the story of Prophet Ibrahim and how the intentions wow. that he set and the doors that he made are things that we are bringing to life now, hundreds yeah. of billions of years later you understand the power of intention. Being able to sit, set an intention, a pure intention and be rewarded for it without being able to even carry out the action is a blessing that my mind can never fully process. Subhana, like mm. that's the height of Baraka. Do you know what that means? To mindfully to set a pure intention and then to benefit from that intention even after you die. Ah, <laughs> I, I cannot, I cannot explain I'm... it. <laughs> Honestly, completely mind blown. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. That's the first thing. The second thing is the concept of risk. Risk mm-hmm. is beautiful. Knowing that it's written, it's already written for you. Knowing that it surpasses monetary value. Look sis i i will say this on this podcast i haven't earned a dollar or even a naira in 3 months and i'm not in hardship and this is not as a result of oh i saved the money i prepared nope
2: yeah
1: i have i i had times where i walked away from a lot of earnings and i was living based on social currency that is risk. I remember that I cooked an amazing pot of stew like last week with this fish. <laughs> that was really expensive. I think, no, two weeks ago. And it was really mm-hmm. good. And you know, I was like, ah, Swohanala, I'm just going to, ah, you know, I'm going to eat this, blah, blah, blah. I was so happy and yada yadda yadda. You know what happened? I had like two servings and I forgot the rest on the gas cooker. I forgot oh, to refrigerate no. it and it went oh. bad. So uh. it went bad and I took the fish out, really expensive fish. And from my, from my com- current situation, I was not very happy because that fish. Cost- <laughs> <laughs> so I took it out and I remember that, oh, the kitty, you know, you know, my kitty now, she had a kid mm-hmm. and, you know, she, that one had just abandoned the child and went, God knows where, mm-hmm. where. So I was like, you know, I just removed the fish and, you know, put it outside and the cat ate the fish for like two days straight. and was so happy. That's his risk. Allah I already knew. That that cat, so he helped me to forget it on the gas cooker
0: Mm. so that the
1: cat will have food to eat. Because, quite frankly, I don't know if I would give the cat fish that was that expensive. (laughs) Yeah, so the concept of risk is so beautiful Mm. and it's completely mind blowing. And the third thing for me would have to be the power of dua,
2: Mm.
1: ah, subhanallah. as in the power of Dua, the power of Dua. Uh, I don't even know, thinking of the Dua's of the prophets, the different prophets, and seeing us actualize those things now, seeing things I asked for Allah from like years ago and seeing them come to pass now, seeing how I begged him to let me do two trips with... with uh, uh, maybe this is the greatest time of economic hardship for many countries now. And I made dua to Allah to make me do two trips in the same year for his sake. And he facilitated them both with no effort from me. I mean, you know the struggles of how insanely difficult one of them was. You know, in fact, I had given up and Mm -hmm. he made everything work out. In in fact, that plan, I would never have emphasized if I had planned it myself. And I'm it quite the planner by it. Yeah. I'm sure it would not have worked out that way. Mm-hmm. So just thinking about that power of dua. And then mm-hmm. also, them being in the holy city of Mecca and making dua to Allah and seeing the results of that dua, dua in the space ah, ah, of just ah. some minutes. Ah, Seki. <laughs> There's mind nothing blown. blown. <laughs> Completely mind blown. Like I'm sold on Islam. I'm sold on Allah. Nothing, inshallah.
2: Inshallah
1: will take that from me These are concepts that are so beautiful. Being able to see them, or should we even talk about his rahman No, You think of a bad action, it's plain in your mind, you don't do it, and he rewards you for good.
2: Turkey, mic drop moment.
1: Thank, thank God. You I understand? Saying, thank God. Even look at the dua. Look Allah. at the responses of a dua. You get mm. it. You get something better. Oh, he keeps it for you. For later. Oh. Mm. Seki, there's nothing greater than Islam. You know? <laughs> there's <laughs> nothing finished, greater yeah. than knowing Allah. Subh'ana, like, we are so blessed to be chosen. We are so blessed. Look, Seki. before I, when I wake up every morning and before I go to bed at night, Mm. I do my gratitude notes. Yeah, me ever, I have never in my life been able to write even half of the things I'm grateful for in just one day, in 24 hours. In fact, sometimes mm. I even have to cut it short so that I actually make it to bed. So, wow. Allah, like Allah, is just so merciful and He's just so generous. I mm. can't. Subhana, so, like there's just and you know the fact that there's no there's no loss in this game. Like he's given you like yeah. you know, he's given you like an entire cheat sheet of yeah. he's given us everything to make Jennifer, afraid that's like ah I need excuse. Yeah. Like he has yeah. given us everything, like he gave us all the answers. It's like he put us in an exam that he has already given us answers to.
2: Mm, yeah. and he even yeah.
1: rewards us for our striving so he's not even looking for perfection because he knows we cannot attain perfection all he's yeah. saying is that come with a clean heart and try yeah. just try set your intentions and try and personally I don't know anything that's better than that even giveaways and freebies come with disclaimers there's yeah. nothing you win that they'll not tell you maybe you you drop us a review you know So yeah. it's just such a blessing to be chosen Absolutely. to be a muslim it's such a blessing and honestly if we, we can't end this this question we cannot end the answer That's because cool. i'm completely okay. mind blown by yeah. by allah's rahmah and his 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 generosity it's it's mind-blowing to me it's mm. just i can't wrap my head around it i'm just grateful alhamdulillah alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah.
0: Yeah, Allah. What I took away from Allah always wants us to win. It's like yeah, yeah He wants us to
1: win. to
0: win. yeah, yeah. Allah I pray that we're able to make use of those opportunities. I mean,
1: I mean, Ya I mean.
0: All right. Ah, uh, in fact, this conversation. I think this is my like my longest conversation so far. i even tired. Just for <laughs> let's, let's we'll wrap up with uh I think I have okay. about two questions left. Right?
1: Okay, so, Inshallah. you
0: are the queen. You are the queen of sharing resources, right? Beneficial resources. So, share some resources that, in your own opinion, that um, anyone who is striving um to be a better Muslim should have. I know you've mentioned some pl- platforms. Um, yes, would that suffice? you have some particular resources that you want to recommend?
1: Yes. So, I would want to recommend some things that I try to go through daily or weekly or at Mm -hmm. least monthly that I'll touch base with. One is the Vikri and Dua app. So okay. the Baker and Dua app, I use it a lot. And I also have the book. I find it extremely helpful because you have all the Dua's. You want to wear your clothes. You have your morning and evening as car, but you also have, you know, I love that they did this thing around like your emotions. If you're feeling sad, overwhelmed, everything, and their Dua's there. The, the, mm. the, the, the right. design, the interface is so beautiful, you know? So you mm. see there's shopping, like literally I pull out the app sometimes when I'm in the supermarket and I'm like, oh, what's that Dua we make when we're in the supermarket? you know? Uh. So it's very helpful uh, they yeah. even have, mashallah, they have stickers now. So if you subscribe to their mailing list, they have amazing articles. They have amazing, even stickers that you can like print out now, like you put in your room or in your house. So it's an amazing resource. So I encourage everybody to subscribe to their okay. newsletter and to also download the app so that you, you get, um, Access to all this. The second thing will be Quran.com. Quran.com is my go-to resource for reading the Quran. Um, okay. you know, um, th- that's my go-to resource. I love the Tefsir, the different Tefsir options. Um, I love how sleek it is, the app and everything. I use that a lot. For uh um, packaging. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, now this is my field as for brand yeah. experts. You know, so um I like Quran.com and I also like that it links to Quran Reflect which is another resource I usually use to like share my reflections or read reflections from um other okay. people or from like teachers okay. or scholars. So those are like my dailies, you know, Quran.com, Quran, um, Reflect, Zikr okay. and Dua app, Reflection mm-hmm. on the Names of Allah. If you want to know who Allah is and you want to draw closer to Allah, I will highly recommend this book, Reflecting on the Names of Allah. It's by Ustaza, Jinan, Yusuf. If you can't okay. afford the book, You can also take the course. She has a course on Swiss Institute, Suhaib Webb's Institute. It's an amazing platform where I think for just $9.99 a month, you have access to amazing Islamic resources. So I would say you should take the course. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. She's opening up a new cohort, I think in September, inshallah. So you should take the course and you should buy the book. And you can also check the virtual, virtualmosque.com has a lot of, she used to write a lot of articles on that before she wrote the book. So you can mm-hmm. check those three resources for that. Um, mm-hmm. I would also recommend the Productive Muslim book. I've spoken about that, but mm-hmm. I would recommend that. And also, you know, the website, their blogs, their amazing articles. Then mm-hmm. um, sometimes, um, you know, there's some people who sometimes struggle to make duas. So mm-hmm. I have a fabulous um, dua book that I really use. It's called The Accepted Whispers. I highly Absolutely. recommend it as well. It's a fabulous, fabulous re- resource um so I will recommend having that um I would also recommend some resources like the first by Omar Sulaiman just because it helps you to understand Islamic history and you begin to mm-hmm. find that there are a lot of people that you may be able to relate with in history so amazing you know yeah. so and yeah. I would also recommend he has this amazing amazing um, um, um Series? No, it's uh, it's actually uh, a a talk or something he did once on on Jubril, the angel Jubril, super final okay. lie. Is it's, it? Um,
0: okay, it's just it's, it's, it's not a story a of it's not... No, it's not Okay, it's okay, so, okay, it's amazing. If you remember, we can I can sign post it as well. Yes, if...
1: I so I will send you the link because I mm. try to make it a habit to listen to it at least once a year. It's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. So that, and the last thing will be, I would recommend that everybody subscribes to Iqbal Nasim's newsletter and takes his course on Transform Your Prayer. Um, it's it's amazing. It's about the inner worship of Salah. He has a lot mm-hmm. of broken down videos about it. It's a YouTube series, I believe. They can check that out. But just being able to connect to him and how intellectually sound the, the, the man is, mm-hmm. I would recommend that as well. Uh so those are and of course I I would also recommend having a Quran reflection journal. I have one of those. Um the one I have is from um it's called Quran and Me and it's from um Paradise Pearls. Um so um I would recommend that. But if even if you can't get that, you can use Quran Reflect to 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 reflect and like share your reflections. So those are some things that I I mean I have a ton of resources as you know, but
0: yeah, um, I can also follow Ibada
1: plug. Ah, yes, blog of
0: course. Blog with the resources.
1: <laughs> yes, please follow Ibada plug and I will send you a link, Seki, so that they can subscribe to the newsletter. The newsletter Don't means worry, the I'll world you know. to me. My team will be shouting now that he did not tell you to follow us on Instagram. But <laughs> no, I, I have, mean, I've them out. <laughs> Yeah, but the newsletter means the world to me. If you subscribe there, we send a weekly Ibada plug every mm-hmm. Tuesday with different resources both paid and unpaid conferences articles events books we send them out every single tuesday so if you subscribe to um Ibada weekly ibadah plug you get that in your mailbox inshallah and you can also have access to our events and stuff like that thank you for reminding me
0: inshallah. well done well done you guys are doing an amazing
1: job Alhamdulillah, um, accept it. I mean,
0: okay 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 um, so this one I want us to shake some tables, right? So what would you say is an example of a conversation that we shy away from having as Muslims, but we need to absolutely have
1: mental health.
0: Without mm-hmm. a doubt.
1: There's not enough attention on mental health, and the approach to it is very interesting. Mental health is not a situation, it's it's a disease. You don't you don't tell somebody who has cancer or malaria or, or mm-hmm. diabetes to go and read the Quran and to and to go and read things from the hadith. And this is not to say the Quran is not a shifa. Of course it is. However, if you have cancer, you will go to a doctor. If you require surgery, you will, you will do surgery. Just so why surgery. do we now treat mental health like it doesn't require this? People who mm-hmm. have mental health issues are sick. They need to see doctors, depression. Mm-hmm. Bipolar disorder, OCD, anxiety, these things are not things that you just tell people, go and sit down, you'll be all right. Or you're not,
0: you're not, you're not, you're not, uh, you don't don't pray
1: enough. Your iman is low. No, Mm -hmm. these people are sick. And if they are sick, they need to see doctors. And we need more people to talk about it. I need to sit down in a Friday khutbah, and people are telling people why they need to see mental health professionals. Masha'Allah, they are therapists. They are professionals who are they are professionals who are Muslims. They are psychologists. May Allah bless the Yakin team. They have a whole set of psychologists and psychiatrists and whatnot on, on their team. They have an entire series that, you know, are targeted at this, <laughs> at healing. So why do we shy away from it, especially in our community? I know that we're just, I know the awareness for mental health generally in Africa and Nigeria is very low, to be honest. And it's 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 something that, you know, is not we don't I don't feel like we fully understand it. So till now you we'll probably say oh, she's just looking for attention. Or maybe there's madness running in their family. So she too she just ran mad. You know, we have all sorts of silly cultural beliefs around it, you know, and there's a lot of stigmatization. There's a lot of shame. I know that Mm. the awareness generally for mental health here is low. And the truth is we still don't really understand it. There's a lot of shame. There's a lot of stigmatization. There are a lot of cultural nuances that don't help us understand. So for example, someone would say, ah, this person is just looking for attention. Or this one, are yeah. you know, the person is just not patient. And in reality, the person is, is, is anxious or has a bad case of anxiety. Mm-hmm. Or we say, um, yeah. you know, maybe there's madness running their family. That's why this one too is just mad. You know, so there's so many cultural hogwash and whatnot around it. Which, and, you know, because unfortunately, a lot of people also are a lot more cultural than their it, you know, there, there's more culture in the Islam than anything else. So yeah. it's more Yoruba culture or Hausa culture or Igbo culture. You see what I mean? So that has yeah. also affected things like mental health. Because honestly, I want to go to a khutbah on a Friday where people are talking, where where the khutbah is around, why we need to seek, you know, help. You know, yeah. I need to go to sessions where people are talking about mental health and there are free counseling sessions right there. I mean, mm-hmm. I was listening to something that Dr. Rania Awa did. May Allah bless her, and she was talking about mm-hmm. depression and you know the, the 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 moments of sadness that the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi faced, mm-hmm. and she was using it to justify how Allah understands that we have these conditions and how we must seek mental health help. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's something that breaks my mm-hmm. heart because I see, I know people who struggle. I mm-hmm. know a lot of people who struggle, and I see how how they are treated and. And and it's it's just really sad. And I pray that Allah Allah helps us to get there. You know, uh, yeah. So funny. so that's something we, we without a doubt that we need to talk talk about more, you know?
0: Yeah. you know. Yeah. I even think also like encouraging people to be more in tune with their emotions because I think that this absolutely. is the root of where the issues start from. I absolutely I think I was raised, though, I think many of us in our generation were raised in, you know, you can't express your emotions if you, if you express yourself, you, you are either seen as weak or, you know, so I think those things have we've bottled up so many things. I think You're also right. people think right. about, I
1: about, you know, I agree.
0: Your emotions is very important. And, you
1: know, Seki, I agree with you. And Alhamdulillah that you mentioned it because this is one of the things that I was actually lucky with. Mm-hmm. May Allah once again bless my um, parents. Um, My stepdad subhanAllah. This man stressed the hell out of me. I used to be very quiet, very withdrawn. Very hard to believe, I know. But I was very quiet, very withdrawn. I used to bottle up my emotions. My stepdad, eh, he pushed me. eh. He will keep pushing me and pushing me. You know, pushing me to be bold. Pushing me to... This man made me look for a job by myself with no connections. Like, he knew the person who mm-hmm. he would tell me, go out and write and present yourself. And then mm-hmm. he just used to make me, he made me very expressive. And I think he made me the extroverted introvert I am. If not, I would yeah. just probably be an introvert.
2: introvert so he pushed
1: yeah. me a lot. He pushed me to the extent that I could confront him, I could tell him things, you know. Yeah. And I see that that really helped me. Of course, that, that didn't mean up. that I didn't struggle down the line because society is what? crazy. Yeah. Work, crazy corporate culture mm-hmm. is crazy. So these things will still you know, people will still have an impact on, on on, on, how you later, you know, deal with your mental health. But at least I, I was happy it for that really ground. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Alhamdulillah. Yeah. Alhamdulillah. All right. So we are we are done. We are done. But
2: I'm
0: going to put you on the spot now. I almost forgot this question. I forgot. So you're on the Radiant Woman podcast, right? Yeah. And I just want you to tell me one word or two words or if it's a sentence you want what living a radiant life means to you just give us anything first thing that comes to your head
1: (laughs) well the first thing that came to my head was contentment actually
0: mashallah mashallah
1: because i think yeah Mm -hmm. i think a lot of people struggle with that and if you understand Mm -hmm. you know that's why we beg allah not to give you put us in a situation where we are either faced with the trial of poverty or the trial of wealth they are both trials. And you being able to maintain gratitude and a sense of contentment, irrespective of what the dollar rate is or (laughs) what your current earning is or what your social network looks like. It's a gift. Mm. And I pray that Allah blesses us with it.
0: I mean, I mean, I mean. that was so profound, so beautiful to hear. I always like to hear about contentment. Yeah, I mean, I need my child. (laughs) I'm sure you didn't know. Okay, let me not... Uh, expose my childrens, uh, but oh oh, you have to
1: say no, we'll take that offline because I don't know. No. <laughs> we'll take that offline. We we'll take <laughs> that offline. <this laughs> show, right <now. laughs>
0: All right, just after parents, Why yes, you an um, like I had an amazing time. Thank you for me too. Conversation, and I'm so glad that you know we were able to finally do this. Um, uh, may Allah bless you. May Allah. Mm you know guide you put his baraka on you his hidayah is you know everything rahma you know maybe he, he perfect all that concerns i you mean, mean and you to myself thank, so thank you so much but i'm sure it, everybody would um have we'll pick one or two or three um things from our conversation beneficial
1: to, to um, them all i mean and, maybe beneficial and, to us all i mean and, Thank you so much, yes. Man. All right,
0: all right. Um, so I'll link up where you know people can reach you. You share the um ibada plug um link to me, and of course they can reach out to you on um maybe not Instagram, but just sign up to her newsletter, please. Yes, and- please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So inshallah, you can take the conversation up from there.
1: Um, right, yes.
0: Yes. Right, okay, Thank you. Bye, well,
1: like sisters. Enjoy the rest of your day. Yeah. So. <laughs> wa well, alaikum salam, rahmatullahi wa barakatuh, sisters.